to the Arts Report. I am your host, Ashley Park. You're listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Muscoon territory in Vancouver. I hope you guys have been doing well. Thanksgiving was on Monday, Canadian Thanksgiving. For those who are unaware, it's Canadian Thanksgiving on Monday, not Columbus Day. We're both transplants, so that's kind of interesting for us because, like, now mm-hmm. for you is like in November, right? That's just what you. Yeah, think that's of. what I'm like. I'm used to like. Never people go like, oh, I can't come on Monday. It's Thanksgiving. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? It's October. Oh, right, right. I'm I, in Canada. I remember watching a movie once. It was it was the Bandwagon with Fred Astaire yeah. and Sid Charisse, and he goes, "I was scared as a turkey in November." I'm like, "Why would a turkey be scared in November?" Oh, now it connects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was right? it was one of those things. Thanksgiving related humor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. You are listening to the Arts Report. I'm your host Ashley Park. And I'm Jake Clark, and, and we've got a very full studio today. Yeah, we do. We have a pretty packed studio. Of course, you guys can't see. We are an audio-based show, but it is quite packed in here. If any of you have seen me, that's not a problem. Jake, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to yourself. You are a good-looking dude. Thank you very much. No worries about I'll that. that. Take her word for it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we actually have a group with us there with UBC Studio Sessions. If you don't know what that is, you're missing out. It's this. Um, it's actually next Thursday, October 19th, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., It's hosted by the UBC Musical Theatre Troupe, MTT, and UBC Arts and Culture District. So UBC Studio Sessions is going to be a showcase featuring UBC's performing arts clubs. It's set in the wonderful Chan Center for the Performing Arts at UBC. So if you're wondering, oh, I don't want to go too far out of campus. It's like that time of year with midterms. Well, you don't have to. It's right here. Local, amazing, fun. So again, uh, tickets are about $8. There's a lot of stuff happening. We have... A few of the people here with us. Could you introduce yourselves to our listeners right here on the mic, please? Um, hi, I'm Hannah Dick Chan, and I'm with the Musical Theater Trip. Um, yeah, I'm an events executive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Jacob. Um, my stage name is Traffic. I'm a rapper from UBC. Going to be performing and uh, friends with Rappers Without Borders. We're also doing a segment. Nice, nice. Hey, I'm Angelica. I'm with UBC Arts and Culture and also with UBC Slam Poetry. The microphone passes around the room. <laughs> and I'm Noah. <laughs> uh, I'm also a rapper. My name is Pavi, and I'll be performing as well and uh, talking a little bit about Rappers Without Borders and their affiliation at UBC. So. All right. Sounds great. So uh, whoever has the most information, could you let us know what this event is about? How did it come into being? And why is this event important to the local UBC arts and culture scene? Well, it came into being because we just, a couple of the executives with the musical theater troupe that I'm involved in mm-hmm. just thought it would be a good idea if we kind of cultivated the community of the performing arts on UBC campus a little bit more. So mm-hmm. we figured an event like this, similar to the one that happened last year in the Anthropology Museum, happened again because it's just really nice to see what type of talent we have here on campus. Mm-hmm. So how did, oh, oh yeah, and if you have more comments, that'd be great as well. So Sure, yeah. Um, and also with the Arts and Culture District, we're always looking for ways to connect clubs mm-hmm. and um, venues on campus um, with the different museums and galleries. And so this is a really good opportunity to get everyone together and just see more showcase of all the awesome performers that are on campus. 
Yeah, yeah from looks like the lineup right here. You guys have UBC Musical Theater Troupe. You guys have the Blank Vinyl Project, UBC Slam Poetry. You have Rebecca Hope, Traffic. I see you, Traffic. Uh, Move UBC, UBC Dance Team Players Club, Film Society, Rappers That Borders, and Pavi. You guys have a lot of stuff happening in the lineup. Really, really uh, packed show. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it? What is the format of the show yeah. within that? Is it like a jam? Is it more structured? What's, uh, what are each of you guys bringing to the table? Um, well, we're just going to start it off with a little bit of club smoothing. So um, guests can go and mingle with the different club members, the different performers before they start performing. And then we're going to have um, each club and performer has about 10, 15 minutes of a set list that they can do um, from 7 to 9 are the performances. And then after that, um, we'll just have a little bit of mingling time. So there will be refreshments. Um, there's a bar for people who are um, 19 plus, and you can just meet the performers, chat with them a little bit about their performances, sign up for newsletters, all that good stuff. Just generally take part. Yeah, just generally yeah. take part. It's also super accommodating for <laughs> a school as big as UBC because there are a lot of new students coming every year, whether they be first years or second years or third years or fourth years. And all these people are looking for communities to join and, uh, and friends to make, and this is a good uh, place for anyone who's relating or who... Uh, does any form of art or performing art to uh, find that niche so mm-hmm. yeah and there will also be an open mic portion so for um, clubs who are wanting to perform but Damn. haven't reached out yet they can very inclusive still, yeah yeah there's still time to do that mm-hmm. and uh, for each club does each club bring a different character to the event or are you guys sort of working together to create one united impression I Wait, think excuse me for under speaking. Oh, yeah, no worries. Um, I think, yeah, it's really... The cool thing about this event is, yeah, we don't really have a unified theme. Everybody mm-hmm. has a very different performance. I, We don't know what everybody's performance is, so I'll be surprised, even the people who are organizing the event, what everybody brings to the show. Can yeah. we have maybe kind of like a, a bit of a, a teaser from each one of you guys? Like, what are you kind of bringing to the table? You don't have to give us everything, of course, but just like a little bit of what to kind of look out for if people want to go to this event. What's MTT doing? Um, MTT is going to be doing a couple performances from last semester's show, which was Curtains, mm. um, which mm-hmm. is a Broadway production. It's like a murder mystery. A really cool show. Everyone um, loves a good are. murder. We reviewed it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, awesome show. And... <laughs> Then we're also going to be doing a couple of performances from our upcoming show, which is Before We Go, which was written by one of our old um, club members. So that'll be kind of interesting. Who wrote it, if you don't mind me asking? Um, his name is Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who uh, we may remember is the director of Doris Darling last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. We I, look forward to it. I'm, I'm psyched to review that, by the way. I'm psyched yeah. to see it. It's going to be a really interesting show. Yeah. Um, it's going to be kind of like a dark comedy Yeah, <clears throat> I'm just going to be performing some of my songs. I think probably half will be, like, unreleased because I have three albums coming out, so it's, like, a lot of... <laughs> wow, congratulations. A lot of st- thanks. Yeah. A lot of stuff to, to, to put to perform that I haven't done, so I'm excited for that. And I just... I love playing, you know, UBC events, and this one sounds really cool. You know, any arts and culture, like, community stuff, I'm always up for, so... Yeah, UBC Slam is actually um, getting ready to go to Canadian Festival of Spoken Word oh, in the nice, next few weeks. Nice. So we have a lot of poems that we're practicing, some new group pieces. And so you'll just be seeing a lot of slam poetry, which is expected from slam poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, as far as myself, 
I'm actually coming with a friend. His name is AK. He's a UBC graduate as well, mm-hmm. or not as well, because I have not graduated yet. And we'll be uh, performing n- not a very long set, but mm-hmm. a few songs, um, some solo, uh, some together. And because uh, for those of you who have not been to the Telus Theater in the Chan Center, it's a theater in the round, so it's a, it kind of provides a much more theatrical dynamic than your traditional just big stage and open audience kind of mm-hmm. thing. So. Uh, I think we're going to be trying to uh, somehow put some effort into making our performance a little uh, less, uh, I don't want to say typical, but more theatrical for sure. And will all of these performance be, per, excuse me, performances be in that round? So it's like the round space, the telus. Yes. Okay, so everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's going to be actually really interesting, uh, especially with what you guys said. The venue is uh, quite unique. You guys will be surrounded by... Everybody, everyone gets to see one another. Really interesting way to um, do a show, I, w- I would say. Yeah. That seems like a very fun show. And is there a, so, I'm not necessarily, but is there a set order to the show? Are you guys building to a finale? Or is it, like, just kind of jamming? I keep using the word jamming. I just... It's going to be jamming. You're, yeah. you're right on with that. That's yeah. right. exactly what it sounds like. It's a studio session. You just mm-hmm. get to see what each club does the best and it'll be interesting the variety is what's the most interesting mm-hmm. part of this is there an element because it's a studio session is there an element of sort of looking in on the the process that brings these forth as if you're sort of in the studio there as these things are created mm. did i just kind of <laughs> drop that that maybe can you repeat that question yeah <laughs> yes please <laughs> is it like sort of is the intention there to be there as as if you were in the studio seeing this art sort of come into being sort of these factors coalesce to make a performance well um speaking for my club i know that our performances won't won't be like that because i don't think that you'd want to see what goes on in our rehearsals so (laughs) 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 rather see the polished product Mm -hmm. i just know there's a lot of cat memes i have oh yeah a lot of cat memes But I'm not going to explain that right now. So there's no cat memes in the show? <laughs> no cat memes in the show. Nobody oh. wants to see that. <laughs> uh, sorry, you go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I guess studio sessions just implies more that it'll be low pressure and it'll yeah. be a lot of creative energy. That's what we're going for and just that sort of thing. Not necessarily us in studio mode, yeah. but just the energy that you get when you're in a studio and when you're surrounded with people that are like really excited about what they're doing yeah. and sharing passions. And so that's where the name comes from. But I'm sure it'd be a very different thing if you saw us all in the studio itself. Yeah. I think it's going to be like an intimate kind of thing. It's not going to be one of those shows where you go and you kind of just like because you're all facing inwards, it's like such a different dynamic, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And sure. could you guys tell us more about uh, Rappers Without Borders UBC? So it looks like that is, you know, something that's happening uh, with this um, studio sessions. Could you guys let us know more about it? What does it really mean to rap without borders? Sure. So um, uh, Jacob and myself, uh, I think I can speak for both of us when I say we uh, don't know a ton about Rappers Without Borders, mm-hmm. but we've both uh, cooperated or collaborated with them in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for anyone who is coming to UBC or already a part of UBC that loves hip hop or wants to be a part of hip hop at UBC, it's a great place to be or a great place to at least check out. Um, and even if you don't want to check them out, like go to their show- shows because they are uh, uh, f- philanthropic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be, I think, um, not, not a branch, but it's uh, committed towards Doctors Without Borders in a much more... Uh, 
artistic sense mm-hmm. maybe jacob has something else he can say yeah like if you're a lot of people like they want to get into rap they want to freestyle maybe they like freestyle with right. their friends in their bedroom and stuff like it's the type of place where you can go and like they're very open-minded and like everyone's supportive and if you've never freestyled and you're like rhyming cat with pat mm-hmm. for sure people <laughs> for aren't sure. you know like no one's judging you you know I what agree. i mean and like it's yeah it is like noah said it's like um all the proceeds go to charity so it's like our version of Doctors Without Borders, but we just rap, and it's nice to be able to have that. And, yeah, it's a great community for people who like rap, so. I'm now picturing a rap about Batman. I just want that to be made perfectly clear. (laughs) 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 I just saw Returning to Crusader the other day, and I'm like, okay, I got that on the brain. (laughs) But, yeah. Um, If you want to know more about Rappers Without Borders, you can either uh, look them up on Facebook or online, or you can come to the show and see their... uh, performers because they do have performers that are not jacob or myself um who are currently part of the group and they may have uh, extra members there to answer any questions or to um sign you up for sure and uh, you know i i like playing with them and I've, I've done a number of things with them so i might be there too we'll see maybe noah too so from what you guys are saying, there seems to be a definite focus on the role of community and about, I don't know if expanding is the right word, but certainly um, getting the message out there about this very vibrant and very diverse artistic community at UBC. And I, I guess I want to ask you guys a personal question is like, is what is your experience within that community? What brings you here to be? To this radio show? Well, yeah, if you if you like, but I mean this this. Well, I guess like this community, this effort, this actual like studio session. What does it mean to be a part of the community that mm-hmm. we are part of artistically? Yes, that is a much better articulated question. Okay. I so, think someone else go first. Sure. <laughs> I think that it's um, in my first and second years at university. I'm in third year right now. Mm-hmm. I got to experience a really wide array of the different performing arts on campus. So like. Uh, I checked out BVP for a while, um, Slam Poetry, um, and just it was really interesting to see these different communities, but also there wasn't that much overlap. I know that some clubs overlap more than others, mm-hmm. but then a lot of them are, they're their own thing and they're their own thing. So it'd be interesting to have a little bit more of a mix. That's what at least I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, uh, I guess if I answer that question, it would be... Um, when I first came to UBC, it was in uh, tw- 2012, mm-hmm. and I came from uh, I came from a ways away. I came from Zambia, and I came into first year residence. And you know, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything about Canada at all, and I loved hip hop. And in first year residence, everyone's looking to make friends, yep. and you kind of attract qualities and others that you have already. And I found a few friends that loved making music, uh, whom I'm still uh, working with and actually living with. Today, uh, later in the show, you'll be talking to uh, one of my roommates, Peter, who mm-hmm. uh, uh, produces music. But um, since then, because UBC is so big and so active, there are always events that are that are in demand of performance, even if they don't necessarily say it. You know, for anyone who wants that opportunity, you can go create it for yourself, uh, just based on how socially active this place is. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll let, I'll pass the mic. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, I was making, I'd say I was making music since I was like 10 or 11, but I never released anything, like no one knew that I was doing it till UBC, because I just, once I came here, I saw all these opportunities to perform, and I was like, like, I'll try, you know, why not try it? You did it, dude. Yeah, and then like two years later, it's like, you know, it just shows you like this, this, I started doing this because of UBC, so it's like, 
there's so many opportunities and, and stuff. So, yeah. And that, and it's people tend to forget how massive the school is. Like it's actually huge. It's giant. It's like over sixty k. Yeah. So it's, it's like city. out of that, we like have you, our own police. It's its own community, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It like, is. The campus itself, like we're on the far side of Vancouver. We're separated by the endowment lands. Yeah. If you live on campus, it kind of feels like you're living in a really interesting uh, sort of alternate reality. Yeah, it's true, and it's something that's hard to get used to, but, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, finding pockets or, like, communities that you can, like, join, and, and that's, like, a challenge, and, and but it's there because we do, like, like live in a separate place. It feels like sometimes I, I live out here, and it's, like, I go to Vancouver, and I'm, like, what is this foreign land? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when I leave campus sometimes. Yeah, on a campus literally has everything you need. Oh, the whole, oh good Lord, <laughs> imagine going to Richmond after that. That's a bit of a... Mm-hmm. No, but it's also, yeah, as he says, it, the school is so big that um, you have to be confident that whatever you, if uh, you have an artistic passion, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you there's someone else here that shares that passion with you. Mm-hmm. And it's very possible there's already a club or a group or, you know, there are, a, there are clubs at UBC that aren't official clubs, right? So you just got to, I guess, uh, look for those clubs. And if you don't think there's one, then you can start it. Uh, I had a friend who loved just doing kind of like street magic, you know, like bar tricks with the and he didn't want to be a part of the UBC club for whatever reasons he had, because there is a UBC club for it. Mm-hmm. But there had he looked into it, and there were like three other magic clubs at UBC that were their own. Do you know what I mean? So, yep. um, and I feel like there, are, I, I, I'm not sure, but I feel like there are more people who make music than who do magic. So, uh, or who dance, or you know what I mean? There's so whatever you do, you do. Now, if you were to combine those acts, then I'm just imagining you still here. Oh. <laughs> 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 and put hip hop in there. That's Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like nice. you could just definitely find your own people. Um, I think it's really important to like for an event like this, especially for people who haven't quite found like their community yet, to just mm-hmm. see like see what there is out there, and then they'll be like, yes, I want to be part of that community. Everybody has. It's really important to have that support when you're going through university. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's like an awesome message. That is, I, I think that's a great thing to do, and I think it's a great purpose to have for this. And just to be clear, just to remind us of where and when, uh, it's it is at, at the, the Chan Center. Yes, yes. that's correct. Yeah, next the, Thursday. Yes. Tell us theater in the Chan Center. Ooh, let's be more specific. Go ahead. Chan Center's huge. Uh, yeah, and if you want to stay updated with um, the event and everything, you can also follow Arts and Culture on mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram and just get your reminders and stuff like that. Arts and Culture UBC? Yes. Well, really just don't do SFU. That would be... <laughs> that, that would kind of be a backstab. <laughs> I think our show loses points for that, honestly. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, thank we'll you so much for um, coming by and letting us know about uh, studio uh, sessions. Are you guys doing anything uh, special with this event uh, on air for us today? In terms of a uh, like, anyone want to do some like? Uh, is this getting a little too eight mile on you? I, like I, um, I know for the next show we're talking about, there is. Mm-hmm. Is there any sort of uh, online like ticket giveaway contests for the studio sessions or opportunities for people who uh, are looking for discounted tickets or anything like that? Or if you guys want to, don't need to necessarily do a ticket discount, but if you guys want to give us a teaser, like some material that's going to be out there. Oh boy. 
Um, Hannah, if you want to bust out some of the choreo from Curtains, that will definitely <laughs> <work>. <laughs> really translate through my voice and heavy breathing. Um, <laughs> anyway, we will yeah. share this event on our uh, Facebook to uh, make sure that people can take a look. It looks like a lot of people are interested in going, and I know that um, the UBC Arts and Culture District, uh, Ms. Deb Pickman, yes. she's actually very interested in making sure that people who are interested in you know, performing arts, but almost all arts and culture do come. But not only that, the greater uh, UBC as well. So even if you are not in arts and culture, if you're like, you know what, I don't have an arts major, I'm a science major, just go. It's totally fine. Yeah, like I'm a science major. Yeah, so. <laughs> you're a science major too. Yeah. Just definitely go for it. You might you know, discover something within you, or you might mm-hmm. notice that you like going to these events. So definitely do check it out. Also, there's free food. So There's also just free food. Putting that in there. That's always a good, <laughs> good incentive. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys so much for joining us on our show. Uh, what we will do is we'll have a few uh, PSAs and short messages before we return with more arts-related content. Sure. You're waking the neighbors! Oh, <laughs> The Alliance for Arts and Culture has launched a new project called SpaceFinder. It's a free-to-list, free-to-search database that helps artists find spaces they need for performance, rehearsal, exhibition, and more. You can search by area, price, and space needs. Go to bc.spacefinder.org to find or list your space now. heard of Pitch Perfect? UBC Acapella can sing on harmony in Q. Made up of 100 members across four choirs, the student-led club regularly performs on and off campus. Check out UBC Acapella on Facebook for more information regarding their Aka Amazing end-of-term concerts. CITR 101.9. CITR 101.9 FM. 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 CITR Voices of UBC. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you stuff it in your face. Don't stuff it in your face. Though it might look good to eat. Though it might look good to eat. And it might look good to taste. And it might look good to taste. You could get sick. Yuck. Real quick. Yuck. Real sick. Real. CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. Don't put it in your mouth. Put it in your ear. Don't you put it in your mouth, uh-uh. Till you ask someone you love. That's right, sis. If it's okay to eat, if it's okay to eat like a And welcome back to the Arts Report. Man, that was like an old, like, nostalgic trip, that commercial, right? Well, there's no Don't terrifying PSA about what sounds like a Marilyn Manson video. 
I, I guess. Uh, Did you remember that from last episode? Like, that was weird, man. I didn't know what that video was. I don't want to think about it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Let's think about VIF instead. Let's think about VIF instead. Anyways, you're listening to The Arts Report, CITR Radio 101.9 FM. This weird banter is hosted by Ashley Park. And Jake Clark. That's right. And Andy Ta. We have a special guest. It's Andy. Hey, everybody. Hey, Andy. Hi. Ever missed your radio voice? Oh, I, I did too. Um, I can't really hear it because it doesn't sound the same. You don't you don't like shout into a microphone, right? That's right. That's true. Your own voice is you know always st- sounds strange to you. Right, it sounds mm-hmm. totally different in my head. I mean, for me, it's mostly because it sounds like I do so many accents. I think I don't know which one is the real one anymore, and it's kind of weird. That's you might you know. Yeah, you I should might probably see d- someone about that. Not only that, I think you might want to just you know go on like a self discovery, dude. Just be like, what is my true voice? Okay. That's that 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 goes to some places I don't think we want to unveil. <laughs> Speaking anyway. of which, we've got a pretty good panel of VIF features here. There's a lot of VIF features we gotta talk about, and they're all about unveiling. Well, I don't know the entanglement. Truth. Yes, and I guess sort the of. Truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to start with entanglement? Yeah, I saw let's start that. with no, entanglement. No, we should start with meditation park. Meditation right? park. This, actually, this, you're right. Oh, let's right. start yeah, with yeah, meditation you, you park. You saw that too. Yeah. No, but like this is a film that's actually playing uh, today. It's gonna be like on at the Rio Theater and at six fifteen. Six fifteen. That's right. So, it's yeah. a big. It was the opening gala movie. It's the opening movie. Um, uh, directed by Mina Shum. Vancouver director. Mm-hmm. It has Sandra on it. Has um. Uh, Cheng Pei Pei and and Jima and mm-hmm. he, the guy the, the um Bing the the husband yeah he was a general and a rival that's, yeah he's a, he's a, he's been him. in a lot of American film but this is a film that's going to be uh has one last screening at the Rio Theater at six fifteen today the the tickets are on standby so you can't get advanced tickets anymore but you can still line up theoretically oh if, didn't you go line up tell us yeah, about that yeah I mean I lined up it's apparently like the most popular movie in the world it's really popular I got in like probably five or ten minutes after I was like one of the last few people to get in because I didn't get advanced tickets mm-hmm. but uh but yeah like it's it's it was packed it was at the Vancouver Playhouse it was on Saturday mm-hmm. yeah I saw it. It, 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 we were on Saturday I think I well. saw this was this the matinee was uh it yes it was at like yeah, yeah. Were you, guys, yeah, yeah. were you guys in the same theater? I not think so. What the heck, you they guys? Did the Q&A afterwards? I did not. I actually just I didn't know because I came in late. There was, um, they, they uh, I think we saw the same one. Yeah, 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 uh, did. Small world. And, well, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It's really good, right? Yeah. Um, was What's it about, you guys? For someone like okay, me so who let, didn't have the chance to see let, it, I'm so I hit you, you with the, the one sentence, right? Got it. So it's a elderly Chinese-Canadian woman discovering her husband's infidelity, and she's off on a journey to kind of rediscover her sense of self and uh, fulfill all the things. Like, she realizes that everything, like, all the things she doesn't, uh, she can't do on her own. She doesn't really speak that great English. She's mm-hmm. dependent on her husband on a lot of things. And she realizes, oh, I've devoted my life to this man, to this family. And I'm on the other side at 60 years old, and I'm I'm kind of, like, not feeling that I'm in that great of a place, that secure in life. Yeah, right now, right? dang. Yo, but yeah, it, it's it's a, van- it's a it's a movie set in Vancouver. Yeah, like actually set in Vancouver, which is really strange. Right? It's always like Vancouver is like New York, Vancouver is Seattle. Vancouver is never really Vancouver on exactly, screen. Exactly, exactly. Like, and it's set in East Vancouver. It's not even the part of Vancouver that's often uh, put it, in film. Yeah, it's that's not like right. oh, it's not the the Central Public Branch Library. It's not uh, the corner library at UBC, right? Yeah, yeah. It's well, East Vancouver. It's like okay, you go ahead. Well, I was thinking even then, Vancouver's doubled for so many cities. It's, right. it's interesting that a part of Vancouver is shown as Vancouver that has itself never really doubled for anything. 
Exactly. That yeah. I can think of. And that place is uh, downtown Eastside, as you mentioned, Chinatown, right? Uh, no, par- par- it's partly Chinatown. It's a, mm-hmm. lot, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot of places. It's so their home is set, and it's like they they live near Hastings Park by the PNE. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, they, they go to like the Renfrew Community Center. Like. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meditation oh, Park's a real place. Right. Yeah. It's like a tiny little. Okay. Uh, dinky park. Yeah, and a, a lot of this film is actually set in Chinatown. They name drop uh, uh, Gold Gold Goldstone. Uh, mm-hmm. which is like a restaurant there. My mom used to work there when I was a kid. Wow, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> That's it's crazy. It's pretty nice. Um, yeah. So this is like the real Vancouver. See, I, those flew over my head because I'm not from Vancouver. Right, yeah, yeah. So I, um, I, I, I was aware that when I, during the Q&A they addressed this, that the movie was deliberately intended to evoke the, the director. She, um, she stated that she was inspired by looking out her window. Mm-hmm. And she got the idea from looking out her window and seeing um, – uh, an older uh, Chinese woman uh, selling park, getting uh, almost arrested by a municipal officer for selling parking. Right. Yeah. That's that's a plot point. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- there's a lot of kind of um, Vancouver references. It reminds me a bit of um, Douglas Coupland's book City of Glass, which is kind of a listicle about Vancouver. Yeah. And it's kind <laughs> of a bit. It's it's a bit too much at times, but huh. it's also quite nice to see it in film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I think it's really good. Um, there's uh there's some interesting motifs with food and with music too. Mm-hmm. Is it right. like a bilingual motif almost or no? Um, I wouldn't be able to comment on so that. So here's here's the thing, right? I went to, I went into the movie, I saw the trailer, and I thought it'd be one of those movies where it's like all immigrants or children of immigrants speaking to each other in English the entire time because yeah. the trailer has like it's all English. There's no like Cantonese or anything. Yeah. But I was happy to see that there is actually a fair amount of Cantonese in the film spoken by the characters to each other. Um, are there any trans like are there any like translations or captions underneath? Yes, or no? th- there are actually subtitles. Okay. The translation is good for the most part, except for one quibble I think, where they translate something. I would, I would translate to darling or, or um, sweetie or dear or something like that. Yeah. And they and they do the literal translation, which is old man or old woman, like the husband and the wife refer to each other as that. And it's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes off as a bit like cold. Cold. Yeah. It's it's a but it's a lot more affectionate in Cantonese. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like because I, I didn't pick up on that at all. Right. I thought it was like. Ah, uh, like uh, it's like uh, sort of like a hippie thing. It's right, like yeah. uh, old man or old lady. And there was in, in the Q&A like th- she pointed out like the the drying they dry orange peels or mm-hmm. tangerine peels right. Right, for the food. One thing that was interesting to me, Bing the husband uh, drinks Coca-Cola and red wine, which I don't know if it's a Chinese thing, it's a Spanish thing mm-hmm. to my knowledge. It's like a teenager drink in Spain. What's it called? It's just I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is in Spanish. Just <laughs> Coca Cola and red wine. Coca Cola and red wine. I don't even want a name for that. Coca Cola. But it's it's it, that's a very interesting. Apparently, I was wondering about that. That was mm-hmm. that's an interesting motif because he part of the thing is he drinks quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an interesting difference about his character because his character is very well haberdashered. He wears I noticed he wears a lot of red, mm-hmm. which. To my understanding, as someone who is not Chinese, it's is generally lucky. It's a lucky color, right? right? That's Johnny Walker Red does great business in China, um, and he wears he wears a lot of red. He's got a very I would say he's got a very sort of dated personality in that he's like this sort of '60s businessman sort of thing, very cheery, suit wearing guy goes to work every day, ties one. It's on not really clear in-laws. what he does in the movie, but. Hmm. 
because there's a there's a sequence where she's following him around in Chinatown. Okay. And, and at the Chinatown they, they film is of course very different. It's like a very um anachronistic kind of Chinatown where they don't oh, have. Oh, I see. Because they only focus on the Chinese places, right? Yeah. Because right now modern Chinatown is a bit under attack, right? There's yeah. places like with names like Propaganda Coffee or like Bootleg Barber or, <laughs> or Vegan Supply Co. Right? Yeah. That's right. not Chinese. And like it's it's gentrification. Yeah, it's it's, it's being uh, gentrified right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the film like kind of ignores a lot of that, which is fine, right? Um, mm-hmm. but. It is an interesting thing to think about because I, w- I, on the bus ride, I pass a lot of the same places that they've actually depicted in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, one interesting thing is that this entanglement was also filmed in Vancouver. And as when I interviewed Jason James, he said it's supposed to be a very Vancouver film. Mm-hmm. But that was intended. They never make that clear. Entanglement is supposed to be deliberately set in no place. And I they filmed really? different versions of the movie with American and Canadian money because that's the only thing that gives away where it's set. Yeah. And we actually saw the take with American money. Yeah. So it's interesting contrasting the two of them. Mm. So how was Entanglement? Entanglement was, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I enjoyed it quite a lot because I really like Thomas Middleditch as an actor. Mm-hmm. I um, Like the Hot Ones episode, for every example, look that up. Like he's a good personality. Like he's, he, can, he can do justice to these understated roles, but he can also go pretty over the top. And I haven't seen a lot of Silicon Valley, but I've liked what I've seen him in there. And he plays this character, Ben who is mentally ill. As Jason James said, he's um, bipolar, which, which she's a type of schizoid tendencies. Mm-hmm. And it starts with him uh, trying repeatedly to kill himself and failing. And it ends, the, the start of that is he is about to, sli- he slices his wrist in the bathtub, but goes to answer the door of his apartment, which is a ma- mail from his ex-wife. The mailman um, calls, the, calls the hospital and he is, is rescued. And he meets a girl named Hannah. Mm-hmm. And the first two thirds of this movie are reminded me a little bit of Garden State, which is not usually a good thing for me. But for one thing, the soundtrack is a lot better because I like I like doo-wop a lot better than I like the uh, um, the indie rock on the Garden State sound- uh-huh. the the soundtrack. Shin, is the most- shins aren't that bad. Yeah, I don't, I, the shins aren't that bad. I just don't I, I just don't vibe, man. Like James, <laughs> James Mercer and Friends, as I call them. Uh-huh, but um, uh, so back to Entanglement. They had a good yeah. musical score. It, a lot of doo-wop, a lot of soul. Uh, the, the character of Ben has a motif of playing these on a record player, and he's supposed to be a very sort of Luddite character, a person who cannot acclimatize to change. Okay. And he meets this girl named Hannah who seems like, man, pixie dream girl, basically. Um, it doesn't stay that way, because if it did, this would not be a positive review. Uh, because that's something that's been seen, has been done to death. There's a reason why this is, and I don't want to spoil it, but it the third act of this movie takes it a very interesting route. And I would recommend it. It was a good movie. If you, if you like Thomas Middleditch as an actor, it certainly delivers on that. Uh, Jason James as a director, like he's got a certain grasp of this very dark but not bleak comedy. And I, that's an interesting demarcation there. I thought that was effective in making the film enjoyable to watch do you know if you can still see this uh entanglement well let me let me let me check because i think i think it was i think it's playing one more time i think it's playing this i think it's my it might be playing tomorrow if i remember correctly um but the thing is about it it's probably entanglement this is a movie of the movies that i've seen here this will probably be on netflix is the is the read i got from it the read i got from this movie and this is not a negative thing because this is also what i thought of captain fantastic last year was that it's a Saturday morning Netflix movie. <laughs> that does sound like a bit of an insult. <laughs> Unfortunately, Entanglement is no longer uh, playing. Last uh, time was uh, Saturday, October the 7th. But you know, it might be on uh, Netflix, as mentioned before, or it could be at a different uh, 
Film Festival. Hopefully, mm-hmm. looks very interesting. It's also from British Columbia. So yeah, check it out, Jason yeah, James. If you film. check him out, he's got a few projects in development. He's a very Vancouver filmmaker. He's been certainly making that contribution. Mm-hmm. And now we saw Dragonfly Eyes. Too, we saw Dragonfly Eyes, which is not a comedy. Not a comedy, but really interesting in how it was filmed. Like the film, the filmography was and cinematography of the found footage was really interesting to see. Yeah. But I don't know if... Um, For clarity, Dragonfly Eyes is a movie, is a Chinese movie, made entirely out of found footage from security cameras. That's right. And this is really interesting because, for example, in the ending credits, it lists the security cameras it's taken from. All of them. And there's so many. And it's, they're dubbed over by the people who make it to create this story. And the story is this drama that turns sort of into a thriller about uh, this this woman, and I'm, I'm King Ting. Ching uh, Ting? Her name, yeah, is uh, Ching Ting, and then the boy's name is Ke Fan, and yeah. the um, director is Fu Bing. Yeah, and Ching Ting? Yeah, Ching Ting yeah. is, is, is the girl. Her name is yeah. her name means, like, dragonfly. Or yeah, that, that's yeah. where it's from. She sort of... Uh, she starts the movie by leaving a monastery mm-hmm. and working at a uh, dairy yeah, farm. Yeah, uh, a mechanical dairy farm. Looks, mm-hmm. uh, and she meets Kay Fang, who's a supervisor. Mm-hmm. And almost immediately, she's like a person who is uh, not not loud, but she has a personality. She's someone who def- she has issues with change. Yeah, that's an interesting correlation of entanglement issues with change. And um, Kay Fang just has issues in general. He has some profound anger management issues. It's really um, kind of weird and kind of telling when the start of the romance is him seeing her through a security camera. Yes. That is how he notices her, through yeah. a security camera also. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I notice you through a security camera, you're different. And then it starts a weird... That's not a good obses- pickup line to try, by the way. A very uh, weird, obsessive uh, love kind of... Yeah. I can't call it an affair. Um, it just felt like it was never really reciprocated well, by it's never, No, because, like, she doesn't... It's not that she feels nothing for him, really. She just doesn't feel much. And he... It, it's full-blown obsession. He goes to jail for beating someone up because... He pours they, hot water on somebody. Yeah. and Boiling not, hot water on somebody. Not to mention the vehicular assault. He he yeah. trashes a, a woman's car for getting um, Ching Ting fired from one of her jobs. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that all that footage was found from security cameras. Yeah. So that's what's really interesting. I was, like, surprised when they actually had footage of somebody pouring boring, uh, boiling water on, like, a woman. I was just impressed about It was, about like, the, scary. The guy, the, the naked subway tickets. Yeah, that was, was weird. Okay, so there's a naked guy. There's a cutaway. This isn't related to the story, but there's a cutaway to a guy buying subway tickets naked. What I want to know is where did he put the money? I, I really <laughs> Actually, no, I don't want to know that. I've thought about it for a second. Kept I don't want to know it. <laughs> where prisoners of war hid their watches? Oh, great. Yeah. Anyway, the entire found footage thing is what m- makes both this a very distancing effect. Yeah. But also, the storyline is what tries to bring these unrelated images closer to you. And it's like, for me, it was hard for me to disassociate from the um, knowledge that these were found footage because of the timestamps. But it just made me think this is actually kind of pretty well edited if you can make kind of a story like this. Yeah. The, with the, you know, even though, like, the timestamps are completely different. I thought the story was coherent. It just, it was horribly dark in points because, well, there were some pretty, there was a building collapsing. Like, you saw yeah. people die. It was, and it was really kind of scary. The opening uh, scene, which I thought was really um, the curse, precursor of how we're going to view the entire movie, everyone was laughing at a girl who was walking at night 
texting on her phone, and then she's on a raised kind of platform, and next to her is, like, water. It's like a man-made lake or something like that, like a little canal. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it's a reservoir. A reservoir. And she's walking, and she's texting, then she trips and falls into the water. Yeah, everyone thinks that's really funny. Oh, she fell into the water. And then you see her trying to, like, go up for air, and then she doesn't get out of the water. She She drowns. So everyone who was laughing in the theater, like, little chuckles, like, oh, yeah, she was texting, didn't see where she was going. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my God, I just witnessed somebody die. And Mm -hmm. you see a lot of that with this film, you see a lot of people who you don't know, but you feel like a like a weird, sick voyeur because you can see their demise. Well, and you can... It's also identity being what is seen because mm-hmm. the ending of the movie, there's uh, there's a conjecture on whether King Ting has taken... You mean Kafan? Or you mean Ching Ting? No, Ching Ting. Okay. Has used plastic surgery to turn herself basically into a YouTube celebrity. Mm-hmm. And there's themes of identity because Kafan later wants to have plastic surgery to turn himself into King Ting. Yeah, before she had for her plastic surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets a little confusing in that part. This is, yeah, yeah. And I think the thing is that the throughout, like, you get the idea that Kefang is pretty unstable. This goes there. This goes to the ex- to a pretty, pretty uh, questionable extreme with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not well versed in gender discourse, so I'm not sure where that falls into it. But as to me, it felt a little like, um, like I I know where he's coming from. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm totally white knighting you, and you know your memory is preserved through my face. That's now you kind of yeah, thing. That's so spooky. But it's <laughs> creepy because in the beginning, Ching Ting yeah. was the one who was the narrator, so we were mm-hmm. seeing it from her perspective. And now that you know, in in the movie, um, there is an untimely demise. Uh, for her, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but then he is the one that starts narrating, and it becomes his movie. And that was what really bugged me, is that the girl, you know, uh, died, but then he's like, oh, it's okay, I have your face now, so I can basically relive your experiences, which is completely untrue. Uh, No offense, but you really cannot live the experiences of a woman. But the thing that we were discussing is, if it's everything's seen through a security camera and everything is nondescript, then what is real? Well, the thought that occurred to me was that the reason these cameras are in place is because they live in a totalitarian state, more or less. And the thing is that, uh, more or less, uh, maybe I'm not well versed in the state of Chinese socialism, but I, I anyway, mean, security cameras are everywhere. Right? Yeah, extremely authoritarian. There's one here. There yeah. is, yeah, and I think that maybe. The message, the message could be taken for any kind of coalition of this is that to the point where all this information is collected, to the point where this is observed, to what the purpose that these things serve, is human identity, d- does human identity become relevant? It's only mm-hmm, what you can be right. sh- shown through a camera. So the, the story behind a person, the narrative they live, the essence of actually living your life as a human being made of flesh and bone and nerves and desires and pain, in perhaps the paraphrased words of E.E. E. Cummings, <clears throat> is irrelevant because you're just reduced to the identity that you have on footage, which can be usurped and contorted by whatever means is available. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a concept to sit on. And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> now a word from our sponsors. FM in Vancouver, BC, Canada. This is Lonnie Bristle. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. I'm Peter Mansbridge, and you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. 
CITR 101.9. CITR 101.9 FM. 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 CITR Voices of UBC. This is Pure Dracula from MacLew, and you are tuned in to CITR Radio, 101.9 FM in Vancouver, CITR.ca. Not to question That's such what happens <laughs> when there's like a ghost in the airwaves or something. It's better <laughs> not to question these things. Anyways, you are listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver. This is the Arts Report. I'm your host, Ashley Park. And I'm Jake Clark. And we actually have a few special guests here with us today. Could you introduce yourself in the microphone, please? Sure. My name is Noah. Uh, I also go by the rap name Pavi. I'm a UBC student, and I'm here with... Uh, I'll let them introduce themselves, actually. Yeah. Hey, I'm Jamie. I'm uh, from Australia, and uh, these guys are my friends who are here today. We've got Sandy Calamar and Pavi, and uh, I'll, let, I'll let Pete introduce himself. Hey, what's up? I'm Peter. Uh, I'm in Sound of Calamar with Sal, who's standing to my left over here. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. Could you guys let us know uh, what the uh, sound of... Kalima. Kalima, thank you, is about. So yeah, that's like a music uh, duo with Sal and I. And pretty much we just uh, invite all of our awesome friends to collaborate and make hip-hop music, pop music, whatever it is. And ultimately, we just have fun making music as friends. Well, that's really cool. It's got kind of like a very, like, you know, do-it-yourself, like, indie vibe to it, just hanging with your friends, putting this event together. How did this event kind of start? Was it, like, a little, like, yo, let's just do this? Or um, how did this idea kind of, again, uh, come into being? Um. I actually came back from Toronto mm -hmm. and uh, moved in with these guys. And uh, Peter kind of uh, messaged a couple of clubs around Vancouver, trying to find uh, people who would. We were just like kind of scouting to see like what would actually happen. And the Biltmore kind of messaged us back and said, nice. "We'd love to take you on." Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, went down. I think like when you're writing music, you always kind of want to see it come together live, mm -hmm. and so. Mm -hmm. We haven't really had the opportunity for all of us to share one stage and really like have control of the whole show by ourselves. So mm. to finally have that opportunity and yeah, as a group too, which yeah. is awesome. We've got like six people in our mm -hmm. in our show on Friday. So what are the roles that you guys fill in the group? Right. So um, uh, we have three rappers. Uh, I mean, we all are able to, I guess, rap and sing. But if I were to classify it, I would say that we have three rappers, two singers, and two producers, and a DJ. Uh, performing on Friday night at the Biltmore Cabaret. Um, so they all walk into a bar? I mean, they're going to... It's <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we haven't Sorry. thought of the punchline yet for that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good way to introduce the set. Yeah, it, 
three rappers, two producers, a DJ all walk into a bar. <laughs> awesome happens. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It does indeed. We're yeah. hoping so. <laughs> but um, yeah, the way we organize the show is that we try to, uh, instead of giving certain people their uh, own sets entirely, we uh, because we kind of all value our music equally and we've been doing this together as a team, we're letting everyone cycle. So pretty much an artist will only perform two or three songs at the most before someone else will step on and give that uh, first artist a chance to breathe. Mm -hmm. And because we're all such good friends and we've been doing this together for a while now, we actually all know each other's lyrics. And even if it's not your turn to perform, you'll still be performing in the background, you know, mm -hmm. just to support the, the main uh, the main artist at that time. So yeah. um, if, if you are worried that you might miss the person who you're going to see, you probably won't. Odds are, if you give yourself at least half an hour or a couple hours to see the show, you're going to have a good taste of everyone who's performing. Mm. Mm -hmm. And how long is the show? When does it start? Uh, so the show is going to start right at 8. You don't want to miss it. We're going to come out very hot. And uh, <laughs> we're going until 10.30. So, yeah, yeah come for 8. And, yeah. You know. Two and a half hours. Um, you have, like, a bunch of artists and a bunch of diversity in the artists mm. performing. And, like, if there's anything I can honestly vouch for, it's our energy. Because, I mean, energy mm -hmm. and love. Because... Mm -hmm. We're like we, we we're practically a family, and the music that we make is like honestly just a, a symbol of what we do on a daily basis when we're trying to you know be happy together and live life together. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like we're also like um, you know we're pretty active uh, socially in Vancouver and like throughout our lives. So like we know what's going on. We know how to mm -hmm. entertain people and keep up with the, like what's mm -hmm. going on. So uh, don't feel like you're gonna walk into something that might be bland because that's so far from what we are mm -hmm. well about yeah. having fun yeah yeah it's gonna be a party on the stage it's honestly gonna be a party yeah <laughs> i definitely feel like the passion coming off of you guys like what made you guys like want to go into music in the first place what made you go like yo you know what i really want to do this this is my calling it's uh it's all different for all of us yeah. we kind of it's more about um how we all kind of found each other i think mm. um it's a different story for each and every one um yeah, I mm -hmm. think we just met each other at the same, at just the right time, just kind of worked out like that. Yeah, personally, is there a specific influence that forms the way you look at your work? Mm -hmm. Say, go down the road. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say I could classify it as one influence. Uh, Sal and I both listen to, like, everything under the sun from, you know, jazz to classical music to reggae to whatever it might be. Uh, Sal likes some metal, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little Always. metal. Uh, so... I guess a good way to put it is now nowadays we're really influenced by each other, I'd say, on more of like a work ethic basic than anything yeah. because you see one person coming up and uh, mm -hmm. you want to do everything you can to, to do the same and also to support each other. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd also add that we're tr we try to be as much as we can influenced by those we see around us who are successful, mm -hmm. not necessarily individuals we know, but individuals in the world who are in music and are becoming very successful mm -hmm. and saying because every industry is changing like everything is changing all the time right so like there are ways to become successful now that may not have worked five years ago ten years ago and people are always discovering these things like you can only learn something from someone who's done it before you and we're trying to see all these people who are a little bit ahead of the game and try to in ourselves as well be ahead of the game in that way too mm -hmm. and as i said before when uh, earlier in the show when we had jacob and angelica and hannah over to talk about the um the show at the chance center mm -hmm. pete uh, sal and i knew each other uh, five years ago when we all came to UBC from our respective places abroad, mm -hmm. and we literally got connected purely through music. And for anyone at UBC, knew 
or even if you're not new and if you have a passion for music or any art, whatever art it is, you know what I mean? You'll find someone here who can uh, share that passion with you. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's where it started. And like we've had our share of shows up till now, usually opening for uh, bigger artists mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to learn, you know, because the first few steps on the ladder are always the furthest apart. And now we feel we're ready to actually put on our own show, which is what we're doing. We Like Peter has worked extremely hard to... Mm-hmm secure you know a club space we're like we're renting the club space out of our own pockets wow, we're doing our, yeah. yeah we're doing our best to market these tickets to all our friends to all the people in in vancouver that we don't even know who might share the, our passion for music and um mm-hmm. honestly if you uh if you're you if you if you're listening to this and you're looking for uh something awesome to do this friday like i cannot see anyone showing up and not enjoying themselves because the energy is going to be contagious beyond belief mm-hmm. and this this the friday 13 at the biltmore cat right? that is correct Ooh, this, it is friday yeah. the 13th that's what Getting we freaky. said like we are someone just fearless shows, someone just shows up in a hockey mask you're like no 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 <laughs> no no we got bouncers don't worry <laughs> <laughs> now uh, is to add to the fun isn't there a ticket giveaway that is right um uh pete why don't you take this one all right yeah so uh depending i guess you can you know check us all out pavi jamie rose sound of kalima eke sunray Chris Clute, and you can decide which artist you like the best. You go check them out, comment on their Facebook page, uh, and you might win two free tickets to check it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, add, I'll add on to that, or pretty much repeat it, just because there's a lot of names there, and you might want to be aware of everything that's going on. So yeah, the artists mm-hmm. are, there's Pavi. Mm-hmm. You can find every artist, uh, you can find almost every single artist on both platforms, but you have very high chances. So just look on my Facebook or Instagram, and you're looking for Pavi, Jamie Rose, Sound of Kalima, AK. Chris Clute and David Tallarico. Mm-hmm. Those are the uh, artists performing this Friday. Um, and every single one of us has put out, and Sungray. Sunray is also a rapper performing. Might be, might be, might be, might No, he's a beast. He's a beast. Sun Ra's performing? No, no, no. <laughs> he's a Korean guy, and his name is Sunray. Uh, he provides a lot of Sunray's for us. But um, every single one of us has this. Sorry, to, no, uh, every single one of us has this contest out. So nice. if you are looking for yeah. opportunity, and it's not just yeah. us, by the way, uh, the show. Again, we're all working really hard, right? So AK, uh, one of the other rappers in the show, secured a sponsor from a cannabis curator called The Quarry. Mm-hmm. Um, and by simply going to one of our posts and tagging a friend, because I assume if you're coming to the show, you probably want to bring a buddy, um, tag them in that post, and um, you you send a chance to win two free tickets for you and that friend, nice. and a gift package from The Quarry. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, sounds really great. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Pretty cool. Again, this October 13th, Friday, Biltmore Cabaret. That's and it starts at, uh, does it start around what time? Starts at 7? Uh, doors open at 7. Yeah. We're going to play the first song at 8 p.m. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to go in hot, right? Yeah. It's going to come in hot, yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. I do have one question. Is the name Sound of Kalima, is that a reference to either Hindu mythology or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Uh, the first one. <laughs> you know what? Sal also loves Indiana Jones, but... Uh, as far as I know, it came from Hindu mythology. Nice, <laughs> nice. Okay. Really interesting. Yeah. Right, so no one's heart is going to be eaten during the show. <laughs> well, you're going to have to show up and find yeah, out. Yeah, you have to show up <laughs> and find right. out. Exactly. Who knows, right? It Just is swear. Friday the 13th, my friend. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I also want to say that um, because it's a super long show, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's long enough, but it's also early enough. So like, if people you know don't want to, if you're not the type of person that wants to stay up all, out, out all night on a Friday night, the show's mm-hmm. done by 10.30, and you can go home at 
decent hour. Mm -hmm. Or if you are looking to turn up on a Friday night with the rest of us who will be turning up, <laughs> it's done at 10.30, and you can stay at the club for their next event, which will be, what uh, is it's it? called Foolish Fridays. It's their hip-hop night every Friday. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. Foolish Fridays is going right mm -hmm. after us. So this is pretty much like it's a really lit. good way to start your night or end your night if you're not going out after. And also, um, the advantage to being a long show is that we are all spreading out our material, and even mm -hmm. if you come late, you're still going to get some of the best stuff undoubtedly so don't feel like you're gonna miss something i would say the first hour is worth it i would say the second hour is worth it and i would say the third hour is worth exactly. it exactly mm -hmm. yeah we've got got like hip-hop we've got indie we've got pop pop singer songwriter I mean, it's all it's all over the show so mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's like, not only constrained to one genre yeah, either exactly exactly you're you're gonna like at least one of them <laughs> <laughs> or all of them or all of them Maybe. yeah i mean you'll be impressed by it all yeah i mean yeah. i i i speak for I think everyone in the group when like I say that they're like I didn't necessarily most of us probably didn't listen to the type of music we all make before we got together mm -hmm. like we all found an appreciation for that exactly. for other genres when we started working with those genres mm -hmm. so um, even if it's something you don't expect uh, we work really hard we are very like we believe you know we believe we're very talented and we think that we can all mm -hmm. uh, enjoy what we put on on Friday what kind of advice would you give to uh, people who are like, like you guys who are looking for a place to kind of like showcase their voice, but they're a little afraid to kind of go on and do it? What do you guys like? What kind of advice could you give to other young musicians? Uh, open mics. Mm -hmm. We did a ton of open mics coming up in UBC. They have some at Kerner's. They have some at the Old Gallery. Uh, I'm sure a quick Google search you can find a lot, uh, and you can just get up and do one song, or you can do ten songs, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Other than that, find someone who likes to make music and make some music in GarageBand or something, and even if it sucks, then the next song will be better. <laughs> That's great, yeah. Right. Um, I guess to add to that, I would say, uh, on top of what he said, yeah, I said before, UBC is so big, so even if you feel like that opportunity doesn't exist, you can create that opportunity, no problem. You can go to a bar and be like, hey, is there a night this week that you might want to let me perform? I, mm. You know, I'm really good at playing the guitar, or I can mm -hmm. sing, or, you know, uh, if you like rapping, I know there's so many places around uh, Vancouver, probably also at UBC. Uh, check out Rappers Without Borders. We mentioned them earlier. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of places around Vancouver that uh, people just get together and do cyphers or freestyles and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, I think uh, like the arts are so powerful that if you are looking for someone to do it with you, that's, is if you if you actually look, you're mm -hmm. gonna find them. Exactly. Yeah, reaching out is the biggest thing. Whether it's like you want to perform somewhere and you reach out to the venue, or you mm -hmm. want to find someone to be on the track, or you want to collaborate with somebody, just literally taking that first step and reaching out to somebody. Yeah, you create the opportunity for yourself by just mm -hmm. making that making that call by yourself. Yeah. Touch a light to the candle and see who comes walking. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Right. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Santa Kalima. Again, for people who want to check you guys out definitely check out the group's facebook it's sound of kalima k-a-l-i-m-a and if they are interested in the special giveaway could you let us know one last time yeah it's on all social media platforms mm -hmm. or the two sorry facebook and instagram but on all the platforms of the artists performing so all the the six of them i named earlier clute sunray ak pavi sound of kalima and jamie rose mm -hmm. um and if you tag a friend's name you stand a chance to win uh, a pretty good chance, I might add, to win <laughs> <laughs> right now as it stands. Two free tickets and a gift package from the Corey. All right. Sounds great. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're going to go yeah. to... Thank uh, you so much for having us. Yeah, a few yeah, messages. A lot, and best of luck on your show, October the 13th. Hey, we'll see you, Jake there. Cheers. See you Friday. <laughs> All right. You're listening to CITR 101.9. 
Broadcasting from Vancouver and unceded Musqueam territory. All right, and thank you guys so much for listening to our show here at the Arts Report. Again, if you guys want to check out all these events, you can take a look on our Facebook. We'll be sharing them on our Facebook so you can get to the pages you need to get to. There are a lot of cool things happening. Again, this Friday, you have that super awesome concert. Next Thursday, you have that showcase, and you still have VIF going on. Yeah, they actually extended it a little bit. They did. So if you're like, oh, no, I missed it this week, what do I do? Next week, they have a few select films that will be ready for your viewing pleasure. If I could plug one film before we go, go watch Columbus. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. Columbus? Columbus. About, like, Explorer? Uh, no, not that Columbus. The city in Ohio? The city in Ohio, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. really. It's There's one last showing Thursday, October the 12th, 6 p.m. at the, uh, the I, what's the INO8? Oh, oh, International Theater. The, the International, the, the. The International Theater. The thing. In, in. It, it, it exists. It, it exists in, in, uh, downtown Chinatown. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anyways. It's really, really great. I really loved it. We're going to have a much more in-depth review next week. It will be on Thursday, October 12th, 6 p.m. at the International um, Theater. The International. Is it called the International? For the life of me, I can't remember. I can't remember either. International Village. That's what it's called. International Village. Number eight. It's really great. It stars uh, John Cho, Haley Lou Richardson. Oh, John Cho. Awesome. Yeah. It's uh, directed by Kogonada, and you can really feel... A, a deep theme about this film, I would say, is a place of belonging and architecture. Really? You would think it's architect- about architecture. You would think architecture is a little dull, but I wouldn't say so. I think the characters are really well, well created, very strong, really rich, and well done visuals. Director Kogonada had a really good style, very reminiscent of Wes Anderson, but takes their own spin at it, oh. which makes it seem like more than your average Anderson clone. As of right now, the prevailing movie about architecture is still The Fountainhead, so yeah, we need to, to We need to, to change and, that. Yeah, you need to try and Go watch Columbus. I really want, I'm plugging it. Go watch Columbus. It was really great. Go watch Vancouver International Film Festival. Go support Santa Cruz. Just, just go see films, man. Go see everything. Go see everything. Anyways, this was the Arts Report. I'm your host, Ashley Park. And I'm Jake Clark. And we'll see you next Cheers. week. Frustration stop.